Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. traveling buddy because you're getting on a plane in a few weeks and because you just enjoy planes to begin with i thought we should do a good old survival story from a plane from a plane mm, who is it uh julianne kopek yep i've heard of her it's freaking weird it is freaking weird and i don't and i was watching the news and it was like plane from Newark Airport sparked in the air and had to land. And I'm like, great, that's where I'm flying out of. <laughs> the same airline, so I'm like, alright! Got it. Got it. This is gonna make me feel better. Yeah. So, I I actually found this on Facebook, because I follow a page called, like, History Through Pictures. Mm-hmm. And they'll just post, like, a random picture with, like, half of a tagline. And it was like, teenage girl survives... 12 days in the jungle. Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah, a lot. So this week we're going to talk about Julian Kopech. Julian's story, Julianne, 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 probably. Julianne's story is unlike anything I've ever heard. And there was just so many times where she should have, she shouldn't have survived. But it was like she was training her entire life for, I'm recording right? Yeah, training her entire life for this hoopla that she was going to go through. So, Julianne was born on October 10th, 19... That doesn't seem right. It says 1954. Is that right? I think, yeah. Maybe that is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she was like 18 and it was the 70s. I don't know why that looked wrong at first. But anyway, uh, October 10th, that's also my dad's birthday. Hey, dad. Clark. Clark. Uh, In Lima, Peru, her father was Hans Wilhelm, who was an immigrant um, that wanted nothing more to be than a zoologist. So he actually smuggled himself on a cargo ship, again, we're talking about ships, from Germany Hmm. and made it to the, all right, let me think about this. He smuggled himself from Germany, made it to the eastern shoreline of, or maybe the western shoreline, the opposite of wherever he wanted to be of South America and walked across South America to get to the jungle of Peru. Wow. So like from the eastern shoreline. Yeah. Yeah. He legit walked. Oh my God. So. After eating like rats and such. Yeah. So, once he got there, he met Maria, um, who would become Julianne's mother. They fell in love. She was also a biologist. Um, she, I think she actually studied more birds, but I can't pronounce that word. Ornithologist, maybe? Okay. Um, they had similar interests, and they knew that they wanted to spend their time exploring the jungle. So, ju- when Julianne was four, they left Lima to travel into the heart of the jungle and set up a research station. So, Julianne was raised in the jungle. She learned vital survival skills that would end up saving her life, but they didn't realize that's what they were doing. Julianne was raised to respect the jungle, not fear it, and she knew what plants and animals were safe to eat, which ones to stay away from, and she was an incredible swimmer swimmer, and strong-willed. Okay. 
So as Julianne got older, her parents realized that she still needed the structured upbringing that they could only provide for her back in Lima. Mm. So they began living in Lima again and flying back to the research station on weekends and holidays. And this is the part I got a little bit confused at, but apparently in Peru, senior prom, so like she was a senior, she was 18, senior prom is after senior graduation, okay, which is backwards here, like we yeah. do prom before graduation, and also the school year ends at Christmas time. So like we graduate in June, they graduate in Christmas, like December. Oh, okay. But I guess like... Probably it's so freaking hot. They yeah, don't, it probably know. makes sense. So... Julianne had just graduated high school, but wanted to attend her prom, and her father was eager to get back to the research center. So Hans left Lima the night of Julianne's graduation, like watched her graduate, then left. And then Julianne and her mom were going to head back to the research center the following day after her prom, which was Christmas Eve. Okay. Um, so they would be flying back into the research center on Christmas Eve, and everyone would be back together for Christmas. It was perfect. So Julianne attended prom, had a great time, and the following day they went to the airport with her mom as planned. Um, a storm was blowing in, so lots of flights were being canceled or rescheduled. And Julianne and Maria were afraid that they would have to spend Christmas morning just in the airport. But they were elated to find out that their flight was still on time and boarding. They were flying with Lanza Airlines, which didn't come with the best reputation. And not like spirit reputation, like... The people that worked on the airplanes for Lanza Airlines, they weren't aircraft mechanics. They were usually trained in motorcycles. Oh, very similar. Very similar. Um, they also, the planes themselves were severely damaged from several previous other crashes that the planes had been in. Oh my God. Yeah. So at the time that Julianne was flying, that was the only working plane that Lanza had. Oh, Great. Because the rest of them were either broken to pieces from crashing or the motorcycle technicians were putting it back together. So they didn't really think about it. They're like, you know what? We're just going to get home from Chris for Christmas. It's going to be great. So the plane ride started pretty uneventfully. They had some breakfast. They looked out the window at the clouds. And slowly the clouds started to change from like the white and fluffy ones to black and swirling. But that wasn't uncommon because they were flying over the rainforest. Yeah. So... Julianne remembers seeing some lightning out of the window and, again, wasn't concerned because of the storms in the rainforest. That was pretty common. She had flown a billion times before. She really didn't get too concerned. Um, she started to notice the turbulence picked up a little bit. Again, nothing crazy. And then she realized that the lights in the cabin had gone out, and the only reason she could see was from the lightning flashing outside. Mm -hmm. So the cabin lights go out. Turbulence kicks up. Now the bag is the bags are falling out of the upper compartments, but again, this isn't like a great plane, so maybe the latches just suck. Mm. So the turbulence becomes very violent, and the plane is struck directly by lightning, at which point Maria, her mom, turns to Julianne, and the last thing she says to her is, This is the end. Oh my god. Yeah. Now the plane didn't the plane did get struck by lightning, but that's not like what made it crash it didn't hit an engine hmm. it was actually just like the force of the lightning ripped the plane apart because it was just so shitty yeah okay like the, so a normal plane would be fine yeah well a normal plane it would hit the engine and then you can kind of glide and crash yeah this was just like shredding in the, the <sighs> air it was just falling apart like confetti so julianne said the screaming of the passengers that because they were all screaming when it was the lightning was happening and the bags were flying and the turbulence was bad 
all of a sudden, all the passengers screaming just seemed to stop. And at that point, she realized that she had been ripped out of the fuselage and was still strapped into her seat. Mm-hmm. Now, she was in a, a row. She was at the window seat. Her mom was in the middle. And there was a guy next to her mom. So there was three seats that she was still attached to. Her seat was still attached to the two others, but her mom and that guy were no longer sitting next to her. So she was alone, strapped in a seat, spiraling towards the ground. Ew. And Julianne began to see the green rainforest getting closer. And she said she remembers it thinking like she remembers thinking it's an odd thought to have because she should have been terrified. But she remembers thinking kind of looks like broccoli, like the tops of the trees look like broccoli. I would not be thinking that. And she wasn't scared, but more peaceful from falling so fast and the seatbelt pressing against her chest, she eventually lost consciousness. Mm-hmm. So she said she then remembers having a dream where she was swimming. And the next time she gained consciousness was probably about 18 hours later. Mm. Wild. Yeah. And she had somehow unbuckled herself and like moved under the seat. So she unbuckled and now she was laying under the seat to get out of the rain. And she would fall in and out of consciousness over the next few hours until she realized she was not dreaming, but actually in this, like, living nightmare. Oh, please don't die on my computer. Wouldn't that be funny? So she would spend, um, she finally worked up the strength to stand up. And after falling two miles from the sky, she was able to assess her injuries. She could tell that her collarbone was broken. And... It didn't puncture the skin, but she knew it was broken. She knew that she was concussed, and she could see large, visible cuts up and down her arms and legs. But surprisingly, she was pretty okay. A collarbone is actually a good bone to break. Yeah? Yeah. You wouldn't think so. It well, hurts, but it's not, like, the worst. I guess I would think that all things would be bad to break. Yeah. But, but in terms of her um, survival, it was probably a good one for any of them. So... Surprisingly, she's okay. Her eyes had swollen shut from the drastic change of um, pressure in the cabin and the capillaries actually rupturing. So she couldn't see. And also she usually had glasses, which were not near her. Mm -hmm. And she was missing a shoe. But all in all, she was doing all right. She would spend the next day looking around the crash site for her mom or other survivors, but really the only thing that she found worth keeping was a bag of candy. Julianne heard the sound of water, and her dad had told her growing up that if she's ever lost in the jungle, to follow the river downstream, and you'll find civilization eventually. Yeah. So she initially tried walking alongside the river, but she knew snakes lived in the leaves that had fallen on the ground, and because she couldn't see clearly without her glasses, she was forced to, like, poke the ground with her remaining shoe before she took a step, which became incredibly time-consuming. Yeah. So eventually she made the decision to just wade into the water, knowing that the water most likely contained crocodiles and piranhas. Great. I guess lesser of two evils. <laughs> yeah. Julianne continued downstream, a mix of walking and swimming, while holding a stick in case she needed to defend herself. Not really sure what she would have done with that. Hit a croc. (laughs) Stab a croc. Um, She said that the poisonous stingrays who lived in the river were actually swimming, like, directly under her, but didn't bother her. Hmm. Um, On the fourth day, we're now four days into the the rainforest, um, wading down the river, she found three more plane seats on the edge of the, the riverbank, and realized that the passengers were still strapped in. Imagine. 
These passengers, however, didn't spiral down like Julianne because she had that weight. She was the only like one. A so counterweight. Okay. It was like the thing that fell from the tree, those things. Yeah, the spinny leaf. They didn't do that. They just fell. Um, so because they came down with such a force, it forced them like into the earth three feet below the surface. Mm. Just their feet were sticking up. Um, at first, she was afraid it was her mom, but then she realized that the woman was wearing uh, toenail polish, and her mom didn't do that. She also realized they were dead, so there was no point in trying to help them at this point. So she said she started to hear, at this point, rescue planes flying over, which was actually more frustrating than anything because she couldn't see them, so she knew that they couldn't see her. Yeah. So they're looking for her, but she knows that they're not going to find her. Um. So staying with the river, she continued to walk and swim, taking breaks to rest on the shoreline and eat some of the candy that she had been surviving on. She had been in the jungle alone and badly hurt for nine days at this point. Ew. Yeah. The largest of her wounds was on her arm. This is gross. And um, it was a big laceration on her arm. It had become infested with maggots. I was going to say, there's definitely some maggots in there. Julianne had tried to remove the maggots with a stick, but was unsuccessful. So when Julianne th- saw what she thought was a boat, she just assumed it... Wait. When she saw what she thought was a boat... She assumed that the infection from the maggots... There we go. I was I didn't understand what I wrote here. Sorry. So when Julianne thought she saw a boat, she thought that the maggots had gotten into her bloodstream and infected like her, her yeah. consciousness. Like she was seeing... A, she was having a hallucination. It wasn't really a boat. She was so convinced that the boat wasn't real that Julianne was going to... She wasn't even going to stop, but something inside of her decided to swim to the edge and just see if she could touch the boat. Okay. Because if she could touch it, then it's real. So... She approached the boat, expecting not to feel anything, and when she tapped it, she was met with the feeling of solid wood. And she quickly jumped out of the water and sat on the shoreline trying to figure out what to do now. Because there's a boat. Yeah. So initially she thought of stealing the boat to make navigating the river easier on her feet because she had been walking. But Julianne was not one to steal, and the fact that she still has any morals at this point is incredible. I wouldn't. At this point she realized that there was a path near the boat. And although it wasn't far, she was beyond exhausted, and it took an entire day to travel this small path up the walkway. It was only about 20 feet long, but it took her all day. Oh, my God. She was just so shot at this point. At the end of the path was a hut. It was unoccupied, but, I mean, she got out of the elements for a bit, so that was good enough for her. She then noticed that there was an outboard motor for the boat that she had saw which meant that there was gasoline around. Mm. She located a drum of gas and was able to suck some of the gas out of the drum and spit it on her arm where the maggots were. And then the maggots started to, like, suffocate. Julianne had seen her dad do something similar with kerosene to their family dog when they were younger, so that's why she knew that this would work. The gasoline forced the maggots out, and then Julianne was able to remove them. So now she's laying on the floor of the hut. But surprisingly, she couldn't get comfortable. So she decided to head back down to the water's edge and sleep there. Hmm. Yeah. She said it was too too hard. So Julianne said she was dreaming about angels. And when she woke up, she heard the voices of what sounded like angels. So she followed the sound back to the hut. Two lumbermen had returned to their hut that she was in. And were terrified when Julianne showed up in their doorway because in in Peru they believe in blonde haired light skinned water spirits. Okay. So the lumberman lumberman assumed that Julianne was a ghost. 
Julianne spoke perfect Spanish, so she was able to communicate with the lumberman and explain that she was on the plane that had crashed. She was indeed not a ghost. Not a ghost. She just needed some help. So the lumberman put Julianne in a boat and took her to a nearby town where she got some food, warmth, and medical attention, but none was as intense as she needed. So she was able to be airlifted out from there. So to be saved, she had to get put back on a plane. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, she was treated at a hospital for her injuries where she was reunited with her dad. And she would later return to the forest to help rescuer- rescuers locate the other victims and belongings because she had seen them along the way. Um, even today, you can travel to this area and still find pieces of metal luggage from all like all over the jungle. And the really gross part was upon autopsy of the other victims. It seems like Julianne wasn't the only survivor of the fall. 14 passengers, including her mother, actually survived the fall, but then later died a few days, died a few days later from the other injuries. So then she lived with like this, huge guilt because if she looked a little bit harder she would have found her mom been able to save her mom it was terrible um she eventually became a biologist like her parents and would revisit the jungle and crash site often to pay respect to the 85 people who died because of the crash on christmas eve well and she was the only survivor she was the only survivor insane i found this on all things interesting the smithsonian and the new york times concrete jungle where dreams are made of yeah Intense. Yeah. So, how you feel now about going? Well, I'm going to talk to you before you go to the big. <laughs> I feel worse. Have you you've watched Hocus Pocus, right? Yeah. Okay. At some point, I don't remember it. Um, maybe you should just like put it on in the background. You catch up because we're having a Hocus Pocus uh, viewing party at my sister's house on Friday. Yes, which I will be at. She will. We made it on Friday, so she can come late. Because if it be was there. Saturday, she couldn't. Yes. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing empanadas. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get some empanadas right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sweet. I want that. I want that. I have to go home. Take care of my child. As one does. Oh, God. I love her, but man, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's very exhausting. But anyway, that's all I got. All right. I think this will be the end of October when this one comes out. Yeah. Mm. Suppose so. What day is your birthday? November 28th. 24th. God damn it, Aaron. <laughs> Close, but no cigar. Close, but you're still, you're still wrong. You're wrong. All right. Well, it's almost your birthday then by the time this comes out. Yay. Yay. Big birth. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.